good timing. Here with Ben Fort from the Absurd, Bent Knee Records, drummer for Karma Vulture and Sheedmist. This has been what I've been looking forward to for a long time. Thanks for being here, man. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me, man. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you. I guess I got your joint. Yeah. <laughs> so are you from LA originally? No. I'm from the great land of Detroit. Okay. It's a lovely city. So Rock City. Rock City, yeah, and nothing else. Um, it's uh <laughs> it's home. I, I love it, but it is uh yeah, it's a rough spot. Um I'm from the suburbs, so not as rough, but my dad had a place downtown, um, a place to work, so I grew up working down there and kind of just ingrained with the city. Love it there. Great people. Just a rough spot. So then I moved to Colorado after I got done with college, spent a little bit of time in Denver, Boulder, that area. Then I skirted around the country, then went out to LA, and then uh, got very fucking sick of that place very fucking quickly and then uh, now i'm in nashville well we're very glad to have you here, i man. am so glad to be here it is hard for me to even express it <laughs> i'm not even kidding man this i i've never i've felt like an outcast my entire life i've never felt really comfortable anywhere nashville is the first place that i can safely say i'm like fuck yeah yeah i'm like i i'm just down with the vibe of this place yeah. we we get all types here yeah. that's what i like yeah because in los angeles it was a uh, bullshit monoculture everybody's not everybody's the same but so many people think and believe the exact same crap and it's just obnoxious and here what i've noticed is because you have so many different types of people there's a forged tolerance for differences of opinion yeah you have to be able to interact with people who might disagree with you you know even though i'm sure like we were talking about before we got on there's there's a little bit of a lack of independence of thought and critical thought but that's the case anywhere well i mean you know and i don't think it's it's not a new thing out there because in the in the 80s it's funny when you're talking about looking the same or not everybody is that it brings up um trying to remember it might have been circle jerks i could be misquoting it nice um there's a song the lyrics is about beverly hills (laughs) beverly hills century city everyone there is so clean and pretty all the people look the same. Don't they know they're so damn lame? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something the Circle Jerks would do. <laughs> it could have been a joke. I could be wrong, though. Yeah. Someone, that one someone will find it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it. so what's weird is as a musician, you know, before I even got there, I mean, that's Los Angeles is really where I cut my teeth musically, you know, and that was great because it cut me down a couple pegs real fast. Um, so I had to learn. And, you know, it it established sort of a modesty where you really appreciate musicianship. I mean, you really have to kind of prove yourself. It's the, it's the fucking bog more than the swamp. It's right. so many people and right. so much competition, saturation, but pretty soon you start to learn that it's not just Beverly Hills and century city. It's Santa Monica. It's Silver Lake. It's Echo Park. It's hot. It's the whole damn place. And the, right. and the industry, the entertainment industry is just a monolith. Yeah. And if you, crazy enough so much as wear an american flag t-shirt they will they will start calling your names <laughs> that's yeah that's it's, it's, it's really not cool right. to um be patriotic in america yeah it's apparently. like not in los angeles yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i guess yeah it i feel like i sometimes i forget that what we're shown in the media is not representative of how people think at all yeah. in, in this country because it's like, it's like, oh, these are the opinions you see online. It's like, wait a minute, none of those are real people. 
ago. Right. Well, a lot of those it are with, with marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. years and years ago, news and information was about the popular thought because they wanted to find out what everybody was thinking to sell them that. Now they're trying to tell you what to think because they already have what they want to sell you. Yeah, and you're a piece of shit if you don't think this way. Right. So, you know, <laughs> if you don't buy this product or idea, then you're obviously on the out. Which makes no sense because from a marketing perspective, aren't you supposed to like, I don't know, are you supposed to cater to the biggest market or like find out what most people want and kind of... It's what I've always said, the amazing thing From a business point about, of view, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. The most, the, the oddest thing that I hear from people that scream about democracy is democracy is majority rule and most people screaming about democracy are... Are talking about minority. Yep, absolutely cater to the minority, and which is not which democracy. I, I think you know it's not that I'm. I would think don't help people of less fortune for sure. But I'm all against taste and categorization. Yeah, when you put people in that box, then all of a sudden you've got to. Well, are you helping them? Well, yeah. then you can't decide where. Well, and those those people who scream about the the people who most vociferously scream about democracy at this point from the left are the people who in my opinion are fascists, totalitarians, authoritarians. They're not they don't know what democracy is and or they do know what democracy is but they don't understand the difference between democracy and a republic and the reasons that the founding of this country established a republican system instead of a democratic system. That's it's elements of democracy but there's a very good reason for why direct democracy is not what we do here. There are places where you do direct democracy. That's your local elections and stuff like that. You know, small democratic. You have systems that are democratic. Yes, but the idea of a democracy re- relieves freedom because when you're you are forced to do the majority, then you're not able to do what you want, and a republic still allows you. The freedom to do what you want to do yeah yeah if it's written written into the constitution yeah which well, it is well it's uh tyranny of the majority right uh alexis de tocqueville um it's it's one of the most i remember so when the world started breaking in 2016 um uh <laughs> the, the latest crack in the, in the yeah i was gonna say it's been breaking for a long yeah, time 2001 maybe well, I think it's just, it's like the bell cracks in different spots. Yeah, and this yeah. last one was a real big. It was like a death knell. Big, ugly one. It, yeah, it, it was, man. And I mean, so that was the first time where I started getting shit on by people who I always thought were my friends. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe we were never friends, but like, we ran in the same circles. Right. We were playing music together. They never shit on you before. No, never, never. Right. If, if anything, they would try to play with me at shows and stuff like right. that. And then I started getting, you know, kind of blacklisted pretty quickly thereafter. Um, could have had something to do with the fact that my band, The Absurd, put out an album called Build the Wall. Because fuck you. <laughs> and if you don't listen to the lyrics and get what I'm talking like, it's not at all, it's not like some pro-Trump thing. And I'm not even talking about Trump here. Sure. It's called Build the Wall because it's the most obvious thing to say fuck you. Yeah, like, it's, it's tongue in cheek. Sure. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's yeah. punk rock. Like, well, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the same thing as punkers in the 70s wearing mm-hmm. a, a uh, star and sickle. They weren't going for socialism. No. They were not socialists at all. They're mainly anarchists. They just wore that because they knew it pissed off everybody, especially in England. That's exactly right. If you walked around with a Russian or red Russian shirt and star sickle, it wasn't like, I believe in this. It was yep. going, fuck you. 
-hmm. Yep. You know, I'm going to wear the most offensive thing. A lot of, uh, a lot of them, um, some of them put on swastikas and had no ties with any want to be like Nazis. They did it strictly to be a fuck you to society. When they're walking down the street, people are like, oh my God. And that's literally yeah. what they were going for. So and comparatively, what you did is really tame. Well, it, okay. Yeah. So that was the entire joke. So let yeah. me, let me give you this, the short backstory of the joke. Um, so originally I wanted, because I grew up kind of thinking that shit was cool because fuck you. You know, because that's, that's just, if you have the kind of punk rock in you, you have it in you, you'll spend your whole life trying to kind of be nice, tame it down a little bit, you know, like control it. Mm -hmm. So I originally wanted to do the hammer and sickle or the swastika <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Cancel me all you want. I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> I originally wanted to, but then I really, like my band wouldn't let me do it for one. For another, I realized that it wouldn't really be apropos of the times anyway. So we kind of came up with this idea of we, we put out this album and we just kind of started leaning hard into the America stuff because we noticed in Los Angeles, like I said, if you're wearing an American flag, it's kind of like wearing a hammer and sickle back then, right. which in and of itself is a statement. Right. And I'm not trying to make a statement with, with my music other than like, if you're not viewing this as like kind of looking into a funhouse mirror that you're offended by me wearing the flag that your country, you know, represents your country. You have something wrong with you. That's just a little absurd. It's <laughs> so we did a residency at this place called the Satellite in Los Angeles. It was very oh, successful. Satellite. That's where we're at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Alice. Um, I mean, so so we did a residency, and that's basically every Monday for a month. We did really, really well with it, but we decided to make it as America themed as we possibly could, um, which. Resulted in us getting the best turnout that that venue had seen in two and a half years. It also, it, I mean, it was like 1950s political campaign rally kind of thing. It was just like America bunting, balloons, hot dogs over there, Budweiser's, oh, yeah. just like, just, I mean, like a general patent size American flag. Like, there was a Galston yeah, yeah. flag right when you come in. Yeah, just America, like, America, fuck yeah. So... And like, you know, I know the first night we did it, one of the chicks who was playing with us comes in and goes, you know, that flag is racist, right? <laughs> and I was like, which one? She goes, that one. She was pointing at the Gazzan flag. I'm like, do you know who uh, created that flag? She goes, yeah, the Tea Party used it. And I'm like, Benjamin fucking Franklin, dude, it was the American Revolution. Don't tread on me is referring to taxation by the English monarchy. That's what it is. Mm. Um, don't, don't take away my liberties. Like, that's where that flag comes from. And... Just doing cheeky shit like that. The problem that I didn't really anticipate was like, I'm playing with their emotions such to the point that like they're getting really, really mad. And I don't necessarily have the opportunity <laughs> to explain myself. Never really gave a fuck. But it yeah. did result in me getting 86 from like several venues and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you are a little bit like aware of this already, but that's, that's not, uh, that's a thing here too, a little bit. Probably not as bad. But oh, it's definitely here. It's it's getting better, um, but we we have our fair share of uh, close-mindedness and like um, clickiness. Yeah, here the clickiness too. here has always been an issue. Yeah, it's, it's just flown with whatever uh, the the latest fashion is. You know, uh, I think it was uh, I'm a misquote or I'm a misname. Yeah, yeah. Early Nashville rapper. Uh, uh, Upchurch? No, 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 no. Early, early Nashville. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I look him up, Alice. He says, uh, Nashville ain't nothing but a fashion show. 
<coughs> I like that. Yeah, it was. And that's, you know, I'm gonna look it up so I don't misquote it, and you can look it up later. Else. Um. <laughs> so you you said you really cut your teeth with music in LA. Yeah. Um, what is it? Did you move out there for music? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, growing up, like back in Detroit, was was music in the house? Like when you were a kid? No, not really. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say no. Um, I uh, so I had um, my parents are not musical. My grandpa, however, was a music teacher um, at a Catholic school um, around there. Yes, I'm Catholic. I'm sorry. Um, we forgive you. Yes, thank you. I need yeah. forgiveness because the Catholic Church <laughs> is one of the most fucked institutions in the world. Um, but uh, and I'm not particularly religious. I just you know Catholic in name. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I didn't really have music around. My parents did not discourage me, though. Um, they didn't necessarily encourage it. Well, they did, actually. Cause, so, I, you know, in fifth grade, they give you an instrument. I got the trombone because it was the most obnoxious, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, yeah. well, I like that thing. And they wouldn't let me play the drums because they were too loud. So I ended up getting a drum set the next, uh, the next year anyway. Uh, drums were my first instrument. A guitar happened through the house at some point, uh, I think from my aunt or something, just kind of drifted through. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like self-taught on everything. I, I did see my grandpa a lot growing up, my papa, uh, and a Polish guy. And he um, he would show me things every now and then, but not a ton, you know. Um, so I would kind of ask questions and stuff like that, which was great. Um, but really, I just, you know, when I was a really young kid... I loved uh, sounds and noises. So I would always be walking around making dumb noises with, you know, just, you know, just like really, really annoying the crap out of my parents. So I think they couldn't fight getting me an instrument. Um, and then uh, I just found out, let's see, when I was five, I cried when I heard uh, Elton John's Can You Feel the Love Tonight? There's an embarrassing anecdote. Um, but I just knew that music kind of affected me in such a way. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of kept with it and was self-led for most of it. Um, That's sick. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've, I've learned quickly that, like, when you find players better than you, you should go ask them how they're, how, you know, yeah. try to emulate what they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate what you were saying about, like, um, like, when you get into it, too, it's like it's humbling. It's like you have to find your voice and, like, it's not enough. That's, you know, there's... I know a lot of artists, and it's not just enough to want it. You can want it more than anyone, but yep. you have to. There's there's so much work involved. It's both. Well, I mean, it. One of the biggest things, like I guess, it was good for me to be in LA because the standards are fairly high there. Like, there's so many people that if you want to go play a crappy show, with some, and there was when I was there, which was 2015 uh, to 2021, late 2021. So when I was there, there was definitely a scene of just like the worse you play, the better, you know, just kind of like, like <laughs> shitty, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. indie punk, but it's not punk because they're all just, you know, they ended up, wear your mask and all that crap. And um, so it, to me, it was like, okay, we can get away playing with them. But then I would look at the better players and I'm like, yeah, but I want to be them. Like I, you know, if I want to make noise and kind of play simplistic stuff sloppily, I want to be good enough that I can do that. Yeah. On purpose. Right. right. But I don't want yeah. to be so bad that I can't do the shit I hear in my head. And mm -hmm. the shit I hear in my head 
It's like I listened to a lot of classical music growing up. Again, my parents didn't listen to it. I just heard it was like, oh my God, there's so much going on. It's beautiful. And like they would, you know, it it's it's fascinating music from a theoretical perspective, from an emotional perspective. It's it's like it's more like the novel, whereas a song is like a a poem, yeah. you know. Um you know, and so uh I just man, I just always wanted to to do that stuff. But then if you if you do want to be the best, which I do, um, you have to you have to be willing to get cut down to size and make an ass of yourself and look like an idiot and take shit. I mean, because the the, the ego is like the number one thing that kills artists, really human beings probably. Sure. Um but it kills artists in particular because they get so wrapped up in what they're doing and convinced that they're the best and mm. et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, okay, now you're never going to make anything interesting because you're not humble or honest enough with yourself. So it's not really going to resonate with other people yeah. because you have nothing to say. You think you're tough, you know, top shit. You think your shit doesn't stink. Meanwhile, other people are like going to their shitty nine to five job and getting to browbeat every day and getting their confidence shattered they're trying to relate to something and you're just coming walking in going i'm the shit you know like yeah boo <laughs> yeah well some people also suffer from thinking that they have to try to get there yeah you know they're and it's the other side of that where they're like well i'm not i'm not good enough because i'm not the best or i'm not this and you know oh yeah yeah once I see you get into saying. you know there's levels of you know, Alex and I talk about this a lot when it comes to, you know, we'll listen to different music. And when I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, if I say Jimi Hendrix, greatest guitar player ever. Sure. That's, uh, I try to make sure I say greatest, <laughs> not best. Not best. Yeah. Because with music and pretty much any art, there's a certain level of doing it or a certain aspect of doing it that, that it's not even supposed to go into that realm yeah. of better or best. You I agree. Know? I agree. I, you know, I kind of don't, I kind of think like, I get what you're saying. I understand the argument, but I think some art is objectively better than other art. I agree with that too. Well, here's, here's the way I've put it in the past. Like, I mean, okay. If we're going to like classical musicians, I usually use Beethoven and Mozart, but find a comparable guitarist and skill to Hendrix. Um, there's, there, there really aren't any. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Hendrix said that um, Terry Kath from Chicago, okay, was better than he was. Okay, so let's say, so let's say we're talking, and it's, I mean, listen, Terry Kath play. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say we're talking who's like the the greatest guitarist. Right. You can say best, but let's use your word greatest. Terry Kath and Jimi Hendrix to me are kind of like Mozart and Beethoven where you're just like, you're talking about your favorite at a certain point okay. because they both are oh, the same level. There's an upper, there's a lower limit. Yeah. And yeah. beyond that mortals like us don't understand it. <laughs> right. However, we can objectively say they're better than the guitarist from Weezer. I agree. You know, yeah, like, yeah. That very <laughs> right, yeah. that's it. That's it. They're yeah. in the same class. We'll for see. sure. If you want to split hairs now, it's an right. opinion, mm -hmm. and then, but and then, that they're better than, yeah. Well, then, and then yeah. you also get into the idea of guitarist. Yeah, or yeah. Musician versus musician, or artist, or entertainer. Do you ever see um, Midnight in Paris? That movie? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's the fucking weird, creepy pedophile guy directed it. Woody Allen. Um, I don't think I've seen that Woody Allen. He's actually I didn't know Woody Allen directed that. Uh, he I he directs great movies. 
I just, I just had to get the jab in, you know. Um, but, say, that's a good, 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 uh, good uh, point and a good example of don't um, let the artist ruin their own art. Art, not artist. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm studying the art, you know. I mean, fucking I, Wagner wrote some great symphonies. Yeah, I'm reading. Uh, really didn't like the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm reading The Prince by Machiavelli. Oh, right I love now. that book. And I'm like, I mean. Machiavelli's probably not the best person. No, he's. But he's this is super a great cynical. book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Machiavelli is a crazy guy. But man, look at look at Pimp, Iceberg Slim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not a good guy. Phenom Excellent you know, book. The book changed your life. Well, okay, so two two points. One is Midnight. And, okay, so first, Andrew Clavin, conservative commentator for Daily, Daily Wire, very conservative guy. However, he said what conservatives need to understand to start winning the culture war and i'm not conservative particularly i'm libertarian probably Same. sort of anarchist sympathizer you know eh, but yeah, so you're, you're in the middle of us i'm a libertarian he's an inner okay key boy okay yeah i'm probably in the middle <laughs> I don't, I don't like he doesn't like is. well i'm good <laughs> well i'm in good company in that case yeah. um but okay so he was saying basically conservatives if they want to make headway in the culture war need to understand that artists they may live crazy lives. They might not be the best people, but there's something about that that produces art that leaves mm. an impact on people. And conservatives are too focused on being a good person, being buttoned up, et cetera, et cetera. So the art they produce is reflective. Oh, um, interesting. That. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't in imbue art with your values. You should. Mm. But there's there's so much more concerned with like personal responsibility and blah, 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 that the emphasis on art isn't there. Second point is Midnight in Paris, harkening back to what we were saying before. There's a scene in there. You don't even really need to know the plot. The main character is basically talking about the distinction between um, artist and painter. He's comparing Matisse to Picasso. Mm. And he says Matisse was the better painter, but Picasso was the better artist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a really, that point always stuck with me. And you probably haven't seen that because it's like, it's I one think of I've, I think I've heard that line before. Yeah, it's a great line because it's, it's true. It's reflective of something. What I've always wanted to do partially because I know I'm never going to be the best guitarist or drummer or whatever. I've always wanted to be the best artist. I've always wanted to have as many tools at my disposal to be able to get whatever it is inside out, you know, and make some kind of impact. Well, man, you do that. You oh, do thanks, that man. very well. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the absurd Alice, if you, if you're not aware, they, they go fucking hard and yes. they'll tear the fucking house down. Yes. <laughs> but ben does softer singer songwriter stuff with uh, the Ben Ford band, which is also just, Fucking kicks ass, man. I mean, softer, very as, in, as, an artist. softer as in an Iggy and the Stooges cover. <laughs> Do you know how I got that one, too? I tuned down to Dadgad for one of my songs that I was doing, and I was stoned. And uh, I hit the wrong chord accidentally. Then I was like, wait a second. Down, 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 now I wanna. Yep. <laughs> you ever heard Slayer's version of that? Dude, yes. A while ago, though. Yes. That's pretty fucking cool. They do a phenomenal cover album. I've heard a couple covers by that's, them. I didn't know they had a whole album. That's what it was. That's what it's from then. They do a couple of Minor Threat songs. Huh. They do D.I. as Richard Hung himself, and it is fucking great. That's awesome. Yeah. So Is, yeah, Slayer, anyway. is Slayer a big... There A lot of people like Slayer down here. It was yeah, not popular in Los well, Angeles. Well, yeah, that's the thing is because they tended to not really follow everybody's uh narrative politically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. and but they're not really what they were now anyway because yeah. you know, Hanneman RIP and Yeah. Lombardo doesn't like to play with them anymore. Really, <laughs> so so I mean, 
Anyway, I want, I want to take a hard segue now. Fuck yeah, hard segue. Uh, the last time we were talking, we were talking about universal truths. Yes. I was hoping you would bring that up. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you said something that really, like, I've been thinking about it a lot since then. Is um, I, I was critiquing Socrates, I think, therefore I am. That was Socrates, wasn't it? No, that's Descartes. Is that Descartes? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. The, that's no, the you're right. Cookie yeah. dough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's that there's a lot to criticize in that. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like that's such a nonsense statement. That's so floaty, it doesn't say anything. So it's been a while since I've read First Meditations. So it's it's uh, Descartes' First Meditations on Philosophy. That's the book that it's from. Uh, mm-hmm. The story of Descartes. So now I do have a soft spart, uh, soft spart for Descartes. <laughs> I think a spart is a type of fart that's a little wet, maybe. Oh, okay. it's, sort of that sh- makes sense. it's not quite a shart. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so I have a soft spot for Descartes um, because when I read him, he was one of the first philosophers that I actually spent time with. Before I found him, I had found Socrates, I found Aristotle, a lot of the Greeks. Um, I found some of the Germans. Didn't make my way to the French for some reason. Um, and now I understand I wasn't missing much. But, <laughs> but um, Descartes' story of how he came to that is he was in the military. They were on a mission, um, 1700 sometime. And he decides because they have a holiday to go stay in this cabin. And for some reason, he's obsessed with this idea of how you can know that you know anything at all, basically. Mm -hmm. So what he does is he goes to this cabin by himself, secluded in the woods, all, fucking French and romantic and you know, cause it has to be, you know, yeah. he's, uh, and so he goes out there and he's thinking about how he can possibly come to have any knowledge about, uh, knowledge itself. So it's essentially one of the first really interesting exercises in epistemology. Um, not necessarily of the first, but in, in modern like Renaissance, you know, um, enlightenment thought. That's kind of where it is. And so he says, uh, the only way I can think to do this is to abandon all of my assumptions, including uh, the fact that I exist. Mm -hmm. That's why he, that's why his resolution to, um, to the, to the whole thing is I think therefore I am, because he was trying to answer how he knows he exists. So he says, well, because I'm thinking, he, he, he establishes that there must be something outside of himself because otherwise he doesn't have uh, a referent. Like, theory of relativity thing, Einstein, if you're, you know, it's not, when Einstein was on the train, it's not that the uh, moon was moving backwards. Mm-hmm. It's that he was moving forwards and therefore the moon looked like it was moving backwards. So Descartes says, well, since I, since I can perceive these things and I know that I'm not, I'm somehow separate from these things, uh, there must be another thing. And also I am perceiving these things, therefore I'm thinking. So if I'm perceiving these things and this these things exist aside from me, I must exist. So yeah. thank you for breaking that down because I didn't know the history of that. That's yeah. really cool. Um, where I'm taking issue with that is I think that's also an assumption. It could all just be an illusion. It is. Yeah. It, it, it is. Yeah. There, the, the, so the answer to solipsism um, is fuck you. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it might be right. It doesn't help anyone. Right. Well, yeah. unfortunately, because I've thought about this so much, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
the people don't know the conversation that we had, which was a very good one. Um, and it was it was one of those little golden moments where it was like, ah, man, I just made that make sense really well, and I'll yeah, just never yeah. fucking be able to do that again. But essentially, um, I, I was thinking about it kind of on the way over here, because I think because I was like, well, I'm going to do a podcast with him. The last really good conversation we had was that. So I was thinking maybe like it's an interpolation kind of thing. If you're if you're trying to figure out how you can establish whether or not there's absolute truth or knowledge, you can so you can approach it from an epistemological direction or maybe an ethical question. Although I think you need to start with epistemology because you can't really have ethics if you can't know anything. And I, I don't want to cut you off if this is where you're headed, but yeah. you actually gave me a universal truth that I was completely I was like, well shit. That's that I think therefore I am is not but that is. What did I give you? One plus one equals two. Yes. Okay. That's where I was going with it. That is, that is, that is like, how do you argue that? Mm -hmm. It's like, even without people, without perception. You brought that up to me after the fact. You like, man, I had this conversation. <laughs> Did you ever refute? Did you ever? No, no, no. I was just kind of, you know, you, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind of one of those, uh, like, semantical points. But Jasmine did say, actually, one plus one equals three. Yep. And that's, dude, when also you, kind when, of when, so when yeah. you, when you hear somebody say that, you know, that they do not have a firm footing in reality. Love you, Jasmine. Um, <laughs> I don't think she meant it too literally. No, 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 she yeah. didn't. She was playing devil's advocate, which yeah. is what they teach you to do at Berkeley school of philosophy. <laughs> um, and, uh, again, love you, Jasmine. <laughs> she, if we had not had this conversation a million times already, I would not feel at liberty to say either of those things, which could be construed as mean, but I'm a very nice guy. Um, so, so I think it has to be an interpolation because, do you know, I must have brought up Hume's problem of induction. If I didn't, I'll bring it up now. Yeah. Um, Hume's problem of induction is, I think Hume is actually a 1600s, um, later 1600s. Induction? Induction. So. <coughs> I know, I know that is a. Uh, electrical thing? Electrical. Yes. And, and physics and all that. Um. It's derived from the same thing. Okay. So that's why I'm sparked up on those. Yeah, <laughs> sparked up, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking um, of sparked up, you can keep cheap in that. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Hey, cheap away, man. Hey, well, you know, sometimes our, our guests uh, get a little drifty if I hand it to them too much. Oh, I won't smoke too much of it. I know myself very well at this point. I used to smoke a shit ton of weed. And uh, don't, I, I still smoke, I would say, every day, every other day-ish. But not a lot. Yeah. Um, so, problem of induction is essentially, again, addressing why you can... Or, or how, I suppose, you can know something. The answer to the problem of induction is inconclusive. And so it's sort of a jab against epistemological truth, I suppose. The example he kind of uses is if you're hitting a pool, but like we all expect the sun to rise in the east every day, right? How do you know that an asteroid can't come take out the earth? And that's essentially the problem of earth and induction right. in a nutshell is you don't ever know that something is certain. And this is actually the foundation for the scientific method. Because, oh, you, don't, okay, yeah. because you don't know that anything is certain, the only way we really know something is repeated iterations of the same experiment. And we can get closer and closer to the probability that something is 100% true. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I believe in absolute truth as an inference. Okay, because it is 
always the case in every known instance so far in human history that one plus one equals two. However, we do not know of a math that does not mean it doesn't exist in which one plus one could equal three, right? That's, that's not to say that I can provide an example. I can't. That's why I use that example. But the example he uses is the pool table. When you hit, when you hit a ball into another ball, you know it's going to you know, curve off into the pocket or wherever it's going to go if you're a good enough shooter, I guess. How do you not know? I think his example is how do you not know that lightning's going to strike right when you hit the ball? And therefore, you cannot guarantee that the ball's going to go in the pocket after you hit it. See, I, I hear what you're saying, but to me, it's like I cannot fathom a hypothetical, which I guess that's the thing is we can't imagine one, but where one plus one would not equal two, even hypothetically. The only thing I could maybe think is um, uh, it's a quantum theory. It's I think it's the, I'm going to fuck this up, problem of observation or something like that. If you observe a particle, uh -huh. it, yeah, it, that's, that's the you can't actually right. observe a particle. Yeah, right. it changes where when would be. when you observe it, it's only you only see one. If you're not observing it, it actually splits and mm -hmm. gets in two places, and that's so. And and so in quantum, something can be in two places at once. That's the kind of thing that makes me think. Oh, uh -oh. maybe one plus one could equal three. What if one? What if one plus one? You know, what if one plus one results in two and one? I, I don't. Based on everything we know, that's my point of saying, in terms of what we know. There, there is such a thing as truth. However, there's no way for human beings to know all of the possible contingencies or exceptions for any given situation. We only know as much as we know, and we don't know what we don't know. Stupidest saying in the world, sounds but technically like, logically it sounds correct. sounds like the difference in fact and truth. Maybe. Because, it's like, know, per, well, personal truths truth. and then universal truth. It's and then subjective versus objective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. the yeah, idea yeah, yeah. that if you don't, if you don't know that one and one equals two, it's not a truth to you, even if it's a fact. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay, I, I see what oh. you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a weird example to use because once you get taught it, but it's the whole idea. If you misbelieve something, you know, if somebody believes a lie, it's a truth to them. You I see, see what, what you're saying? saying. Okay, so I tend to, I know what you're saying and i agree but i tend to reject using the word truth for it sure right because people my generation like to use the phrase my truth mm. which fuck is, you which is different that? from i don't give a fuck truth. yeah right. Yeah. Right. yeah well right. your truth what so benefit of the doubt in those situations what it means is like well this is how i feel and right. it's like well i don't care that you feel that right. way because that is not the truth right. so so the only time you could have like something where it is truly your truth is if it's a situation in which we genuinely don't know what the answer is. Right. Do you want to be a doctor or do you want to go be a rock climber? That's really only for you to decide. Right. There is no truth to that. Right. So that's your truth, right? right? But using the word truth would be a misnomer to me because the truth implies well, always, absolutes. Right, truth. and we'll I always put it as saying, <laughs> because people started using, well, my truth, mm -hmm. I'd say, well, in fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. You sure. Know, then you counter it with, "Well, give me a fact. I don't want. I don't want what is true to you. I want a fact that That's, both of us can't." Well, see that that probably know. makes you a nicer person to deal with than me, then, because I just <laughs> say "fuck off." <laughs> so another segue. I don't actually. I'm a pretty nice guy. People villainize me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I you you've been a super nice dude the time. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, 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 I try. I mean, I believe I'm from the Midwest. The problem is we live in a world where like there are that that's um. 
what is it? Good good times make weak men, hard times make strong men, something like that. Uh, it's um, uh, hard men make good easy time. to good times. Good times make weak, weak men. Weak, weak men, men make hard times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the snake continues to eat his tail. And like the the problem is, we live in a world where there is stuff to be upset about. There are people to Absolutely. be upset at. Absolutely. Um, those people, by the way, Alice, are the government specifically. Definitely. As uh, who we should all be upset at. Uh, they try to divide us on any issue, whether it be race. Wait, do you mean that we shouldn't be arguing about stupid fucking irrelevant cultural issues that don't matter at all? Dude, it blows my mind. <laughs> it blows my fucking mind that people are still playing the light, left and right game. Yeah. That is not. Democ your democracy is a fucking lie. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is one hand. This is other hand of the same thing. Yep. Yep. It blows my mind that people still do that. It's like, oh, this time's going to be different because we have insert the uh, Democrat or Republican in office this time. Because, you know, that that we've only been doing that for uh, 170 fucking years. Yeah, like it's, it's stupid, man. I mean, I don't know that we'll ever escape from that. Human beings are a tribal animal. Mm -hmm. And even people like you and me, who can sit here and point these things out from a distance and, and, you know, Neef as well. I mean, he's just, he's over off camera at the moment. So yeah. I, I don't want him to feel excluded. Um, people like us can sit here and point it out and talk about the issues from a distance and agree on them. But that does not mean that we are not still subject to the same whims that other human beings sure. are subject to. There are situations in which each one of us would find ourselves um, where we will act like the tribal animals that we were oh, yeah. conditioned evolutionarily to be. Yeah. Um, if you need proof of that, either go to a prison or go to a place where people are hungry. If you, you know? push that um, way, it'll happen. Tundra law, baby. Yes. Yeah, tundra law. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lack of lack of resources breeds a certain type of behavior. Um, and also, you start to uh, break down what's really important. It, exactly. You know, Alex was asking me the other what the other day why I always say tundra because you know it's cold. It's the worst you could be. So it's barren. the first thing there's nothing. Yeah. So if you're cold, the first thing you got to figure out is how do I warm up? Well, what the fuck are you gonna warm up with? There's nothing. Yep. Then how are you gonna build that fire? Yeah. How are you gonna what you know? Absolutely. Well, so all these medial problems that you can come up with every morning you wake up would never even enter. The equation of life and so maybe th maybe this is a softer segue that i'm imagining in my head and maybe not um but this is why i think that there was actually maybe a positive aspect to covid and the lockdowns and i prefer to refer to it as you know lockdowns because it wasn't covid that did this to us it was human beings um they they fucked us over and i'm not saying covid isn't real um well I'm i think i think both things can be true there is a virus that exists and the powers that be took that um, yes. virus and made it something way bigger. Took yeah, yeah. advantage of a situation. To the advantage to take control that's, of it. That's, and that's exactly what I'm saying. So anyway. Uh, just quick side note. Oh, yeah. They're doing the same thing with Queen Elizabeth right now where they're cracking down on protests and changing the way you can talk about shit. Because it's like. Yeah, that's been a weird, uh, a weird situation for me because my whole life I've just not cared about the monarchy at all. But then I realized like when she passes, A, it's the end of an era. B, it's. Uh, apparently it meant something to the British. Uh, you know, I think it meant something to the West in general. Um, I don't know, because, I mean, you tell me if you've been researching it at all, because I have been 
just not interested in the royal family since I found out about it. Yeah, I couldn't give less of a fuck about any yeah. any politician or monarch. Yeah. They can all go rotten hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, at the same time, you know, if you're a libertarian and you're not willing to cross the aisle into his anarchism, you're you're admitting the need for government. <laughs> Sitting existing politicians. Yeah, <laughs> I see I see what you're saying. I'm with you. Saying. Yes. Um, but okay, so, so what I was saying about the pandemic and whatnot um, is I think that one thing, you know, and this is hearkening back to the tundra law or what people do when they're hungry or scared. Um, Los Angeles was particularly rough with it, right? Um, you guys definitely got a little bit of shit out of here, um, but you you loosened up restrictions way quicker than we did. Except for the fact that we now make it a felony to camp in a fucking state park, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Is that a result of COVID? Um, that it's a result in our influx of homeless situation mm. and, you know, our greenways being campgrounds, which, oh. you know, and people being out of work and people losing their homes. So it's mm-hmm. almost, it's almost necessary. So it's, yeah, it's like sucks. Yeah. You know, in and state parks, you should be able to camp in. Right. It's supposed to be, you know, national parks. Remember this, Alice? National parks are legal to camp anywhere in them, if unless I've, they've changed that. <laughs> but always legal to camp in a national park. You can pull over on the side of the road and fucking camp if yeah. you're driving to a national park. Yeah. Have you guys heard, speaking of, have you guys heard about how many people go fucking missing at Yellowstone? Mm, no. It's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of parks and places like in, what is it, uh, upstate New York where all the woods are up there. They say shit happens up but a lot of people up there really? go hiking and just disappear. Yeah. There's like conspiracies of like, um, like, uh, fucking like groups of people living up there. It's like off the grid. I mean, I, I, I don't believe any of that, Alex. Hey, you want to take a trip? Up yeah, up? Sure. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's people who figure shit out as far as getting off the grid. Um, well, let me, let me, sorry, not to uh, derail from that. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, we off track. Go no, on. no, 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 no. I, I was just saying, I, I was probably being long-winded in terms of getting around to what I was saying, which is uh, one thing that was good about the lockdowns is that it caused me to reevaluate pretty much every aspect of my life because I was forced into non-existence for almost two years, you know? Mm-hmm. Granted, I didn't follow the lockdown measures. I didn't follow the mask rules. I you know, defied everything I could, but Los Angeles made it impossible to go anywhere and get a beer, play a show, uh, buy clothes, you know, all of that. Um, so that kind of shit, like I didn't realize how, you know, depressed and angry it made me, um, until after the fact, because while you're going through it, you keep your head down and you just take it one day at a time because first they said two weeks, then they said a month, then they said, Hey, fuck you. We'll tell you when you can go back outside. Um, and uh, meanwhile, y'all, your politicians out there were living it up. Well, they're just a joke, man. Gavin Newsom's going and buying three thousand dollar <laughs> plates at French Laundry. Yeah, dude. See, uh, you can't. I can't say what I want to say because this is going to go on YouTube. But it has something to do with violence. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a pro violence person. I'm just saying, like, I've you know, I've had a. How many fucking lives did they cost with their? Fuck ass goddamn draconian measures, you know? Yeah. That shit should, it should not make you so angry that you react like me. It should make you angry enough 
that people like me shouldn't get stigmatized for saying this shit. You it's had that, insane. You had that shirt the other night, uh, kill all politicians. <laughs> this yeah, is something I've, yeah. I've been trying to figure out how to talk about to Alice. Because mm. it's like, I don't want to overstate how I feel about this. You can't, you can't say it on YouTube, I know that. Apple will probably flag you. The most eloquent way I've found to talk about it is um, we are not... The, the powers that be are never going to hold themselves accountable. Nope. We have to hold the them people accountable. Are. Yep, the people are the check on the government. And it's it's our fault that they have overstepped their bounds. Yeah, well, and I want I want to be excessively clear. I am not advocating violence whatsoever. Um, I actually do not. I. It's a. The problem is that it's an actually complicated situation that would be cool to talk about and get people involved in, but it has contingencies and it has dangers. There's a reason you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. Mobs act crazy. The rule with mobs is insanity, right? Um, so to me, I still say, don't take to violence, utilize the systems that exist and try to work within them. That being said, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that could be discussed, just not probably in this forum where it's like, you'll just get, I'll definitely get taken out of context, so I'll refrain from saying certain things. But to me, it's still what what it's worth is at this point, we are on the precipice of something crazy, but social media and media make us feel like shit is way crazier than it is. Mm. So it's very hard for me to see through and see what is real and what is not. I'm not sure how much of this is manufactured. And once enough is manufactured, enough people are mad about it, it doesn't matter if it's manufactured or not. They've made it real. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. So Exactly. So to me, are they, like, is the media just whipping up, going back to the media? Oh, it's exactly like they, what they want. They exactly. want you, oh, fuck. You're right. So nothing's really all that, that bad. God damn it. But they're... But but those forces it's fear mongering exactly ex they're, they're this praying. is exactly what they want yeah it's like on. no we have to act we have to do something and, and, yeah. and to help feed and the perfect marketing tool is what they've always used is making you as the customer or consumer feel like you are the most important to them <laughs> that is the best way to do any business to sell to anybody is to make every single customer feel like they're your favorite customer and are getting the best deal. So when you make the entire population feel like their word is important, social media, mm. you get nothing but chaos because everybody's going, well, no, I don't care about actually fixing the problem. I need, I won't have any, I've, I've come up with solutions and written paragraphs and arguments. And when I finally get past all the, you're this, you're that, you're this, and, I, and somebody finally quips up and says, well, what do you think? about a solution what do you suggest whatever topic and i say well let me think and i break down a paragraph everybody goes quiet i don't get people turning around and going well you know actually that's a good idea everybody gets quiet because they can't argue with me so they've got nothing to say <laughs> and it's no fun for them anymore because i gave them a solution yeah and now yeah. they've got nothing to bitch about well that word isn't important did you ever see um it's an animated movie it's the incredibles yeah <laughs> Yeah, okay, so so you'll note that the bad guy in that film is, uh, I can't remember. An incel. <laughs> An incel, well, no, I mean, that's... Oh, is that what you were going for? <laughs> no, not necessarily, but that's not even that far off. Yeah. The bad guy, what I was going to say, is somebody who says, once, once you find out his motivation for being so evil, he says, because if everybody's a hero, then nobody is. That's what social mm -hmm. media is making people feel like. Everybody wants to have their voice heard. Nobody has a place 
uh, an audience. Nobody has a forum. So social media feel, makes everybody feel like they're a fucking journalist or a musician or a whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the, I'm the bad guy from that movie. And it, the, Pixar was right to make him the bad guy. If everybody's a hero, nobody is. That's And that's the, like the push towards communism, the push towards just flatlining everything and making everything a gray blob is if no one's spectacular, then nothing's interesting. And not everybody can be spectacular. And here's what I've noticed. Michael Malice makes this point. Stupid people, I mean idiots, I mean like just not high IQ. Stupid people are actually usually wise enough to know that they're stupid. Maybe there's a cutoff there somewhere. But they're usually wise enough to know that they're stupid. And so they go, well, I might not be the smartest, you know. You know, but so I know I need to take extra time to learn this thing so I can do it right next time. They know they're they're wise enough to know that they shouldn't act like people way smarter than them because it won't work. They will right. not succeed. Yeah. Midwits is what Michael Mellis calls it. <laughs> yep. That's not my term. He calls them midwits because it's super insulting and trolling. Can I have um, another beer from you? Yeah, of course, dude. Sorry. I no, you're good. Take... You're good. Thank you. Um, yeah, just ask. I got, I got two more after. So. Do you need to open? Yeah. Uh, so, whose podcast is this? I'm just fucking. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, so he says the concept of midwits is um, basically the people who are of average intelligence, but they hang out with people who are slightly less intelligent than them. So they start to develop an idea that they're the smartest people they know. So when they meet smarter people they think they can keep up and sometimes realize that they can't. So they develop a complex where they think they're smarter than they are. And so what we have now is a bunch of fucking midwits running things where it's just like, dude, you're not that smart. Like, and you keep acting like you're brilliant because we praise the almighty dollar and you made a couple fucking million easy. You it's know? like when someone's charisma out is higher than their like intelligence. Mm. It's like, um, that's actually, that's what a con man is. The word con and con man comes from confidence. When you have more confidence, than confidence you are in, man, and when more confidence than you are intelligent, you don't actually know what you're doing, but you have everyone convinced that you know what you're doing. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't doubt that. Well, the world's full of con men, and you, here's the thing. Here's what I was saying about midwits and idiots. You don't have to be a fucking genius or even that smart to be able to recognize a con man. Some of the dumbest people I know, I like because they'll just be like. Well, I might be a dumbass, but even I know that smells like shit. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, because it's not an intelligence thing. It's it's like, are you honest with yourself or not? Yeah. Do you have eyes? Yes. Like, yeah. well, well, and here's the thing: all of these people. I'm getting worked up about it. Sorry. Let's get worked up about. Fuck it. yeah! Um, <laughs> all of these people are are kidding themselves. Like these, like okay, so the the woke motherfuckers and all these people, they have no concept on reality because they have no idea who they actually are as people. They've denied so much bullshit to themselves. It's all psychological projection. Every time they accuse you of doing something, they're the one doing it. Yeah. Every single fucking time. There's no exception. And like, so if you live in a web of denial like that, I mean, and, and why wouldn't they? A lot of them have been raised by these goddamn helicopter parents who, you know, yeah, I made a point the other day to somebody when they were talking about something online. And it didn't even have, they're actually more to that side. But I, uh, they were talking about somebody being upset. And I said, you know, people, it hurts people real, real bad when they find out they've been fooled. 
Yes. Mm. It's, it's easier to it's deceive really someone than it is to convince them yeah. that they've been fooled. Because it it's one of the most painful, embarrassing, you know, shit sandwiches to fucking Oh, dude, eat. now you're talking my language. That Like, yeah. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. I don't know if I told you that. You did. You did. I don't believe we got into it extensively, but I believe I said I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, me too. I thought um, it was bad with that. I was Catholic. Well, I was also homeschooled, so, like, everyone I knew was oh. in my church. Wow, that's interesting. And when I turned 18, I moved out and, like, was shunned by mm. people I knew. Mm. So, but that's it, Neef. It took me, when I was, even after I left, it took me a long time to figure out. I'm like, these people are not dumber than I am. Mm. Like, these, my, my parents are not, I'm 18. What the fuck do I know, right? These yep. people are not, so what is it? Why am I seeing shit that they're not? It's because they've been in it so long. It's harder to, it's way harder to tell someone that they're wrong than it is to make someone wrong. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, it's it's the human imagination is that fucking powerful. Yeah, that's not, I think, so is the ego. I want to like I want to comment yeah, on this. Just goes back to what you're saying about artists. They destroy themselves because of that. That ego destroys the, the real creativity yeah. because you're too busy trying to convince yourself. These people running around yelling at you, they're not trying to convince you of what they believe no. or you. They're trying to reaffirm to themselves. Yeah banked off of you and their disgust for you well you know and they're you know these are made up disgust because they're you know most of my and these people are you know i mean it's it's the issue is they're so wrapped up in i I think beyond ego it might be narcissism there's there's a there's an um psychotic level of self-obsession that happens and you know all i can really say to that is if you spend your life jacking off all you're gonna end up with is a bunch of scabs you're not gonna get anywhere man no one wants to watch that like (laughs) that's hilarious but there's also a certain amount of narcissism that it takes to drive someone to want to be an artist so it's like it's a so that's why these people are crazy of course they're crazy let them be well don't let them don't encourage it but like to some degree we we should be thankful for their contributions because they're killing themselves to make some of this and, stuff. And well, to some the, degree, I think everyone I've ever met is mentally ill. And yeah. I was going to bring that up when you say crazy, because now crazy is considered, you know, back years ago, people would be like, oh, I'm crazy, I'm crazy. It's and this world, man. Say, and I tell people all the time, people that are actually crazy don't know that they're crazy. <laughs> yeah. What worries me is that when you're around a bunch of people that just seem like they are bonkers yeah. and you feel like you're perfectly sane. Yeah. yeah. That is when you start questioning sanity, but I think sanity is a spectrum. It's not like you're insane or sane. It's like we're all this world is fucked up. We talk about chemical imbalances and people, and I always just say, "Well, who did they use for the standard level?" Uh, They used someone who they needed to sell pills to. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Your levels are off. That's it. I'm not. I'm not kidding. So, I mean, unless I'm segueing away from where you want to go. No, no, go ahead. Um, they so I, I so I studied uh, cognitive neuroscience and um, uh, psych um, in school. Um, I was going to ask you what you did. There you go. Yeah, you go. brains shit. That's um, awesome. It's just stupid, and I mean, it's got me so far. Um, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet it was neat to learn about. It's got me a lot of debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it 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 was amazing to learn about. It's fascinating. The only reason I didn't go further with it because I was good at it. The only reason I didn't go further with it was because uh, the the rigors of the academic system, there was something about the academic system that I just did not feel like I was a fit for it. You know, it, it stifled my, 
ability to learn and be <laughs> imaginative more than it didn't. Yeah. Provided me great resources, though. I have a lot good to say about it and a lot bad. Um, so, the... Um, well, where the fuck were we before that? When you took neuroscience. Neuroscience. Well, I started neuroscience, yeah, right before that. Um, this happened to Josh, too. I heard it on his episode. I was like, <laughs> that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> um, I got, what happens in the rabbit hole? I, yeah, well, I'm I'm great with it. Um, you get the tumbling. Well... I can probably spitball something from here. Let me think. Uh, damn. If we were I talking could... about the ego and narcissism. And narcissism. And, and that was, and that's what, you know, pretty much. It. Oh, oh, I remember. Okay, so we were talking. This is exactly how it happened to Josh. While, while I'm the one that knocks people off, I'm usually the one that brings them back. <laughs> that's, hey, there's a special talent there. So we were talking about, like, uh, chemical imbalances and stuff like that. Right. So when yeah. I was in school, I remember talking about uh, you know, learning about rather, um, mental disorders, specifically depression, whatever I've had, you know, recurrent depression my whole life. I also don't like to say it like that because what I've noticed is that if I change certain behaviors, diet and food, if I change certain ways of thinking about things, if I like discipline myself into patterns of that word, yes, discipline. I know it's a dirty Mm. word. It's racist. Actually, did you know that? So it's being on time. Uh, <laughs> there he goes. All right, yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck <laughs> everyone. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Um, so, if you discipline yourself into certain habits of mind, into certain patterns of thinking, you can beat depression. At least in my case. And I'm telling you, I was a pretty severe case. Like one where you would have looked at it. I the, my first. Um, Time that I went to the therapist, they told me if I feel like you're suicidal, we have to commit you. Right? Mm. I'm not feeling bad for myself. I'm just telling you what happened. So they also, on that first time that I went to see the therapist, they prescribed me four different medications. One time, wow. man. One time. One visit? Damn. It was, yeah, it was uh, the, an SSRI. It was like, a, I can't even remember which SSRI. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It's the it's the modern you know antidepressant. Uh, it's not Wellbutrin, so it's not a dopamine thing. It's a serotonin thing. Then there was uh, Adderall. Then there was um, yeah, they, they love to hand the Adderall generic name. Alice is amphetamine. Yep, amphetamines. And don't get me wrong, this is great stuff. But uh, Adderall's fun. Yeah, Adderall's cool. <laughs> don't don't you, do it though, Alice. <laughs> yeah, you can you can geek yourself yeah. out, man. Um, yeah, and I did. Um, and, uh, uh, Xanax and then, um, I can't, I can't Benzodiazepines. Even Yeah. Benzos. Yeah, so another, uh... literally the Michael Jackson just woo ups and downs. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, I took them all one day and I was, it, that was enough for me to just be like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. So I just started like, like literally bootstraps. Here we go. Not everybody has that opportunity. I understand that Alice, but I did. So you know, cool. So I started doing it. It wasn't easy. It sucked. I basically, what I did was I challenged myself to do things that I was uncomfortable with. I I forced myself into discomfort and because I was so depressed or whatever I was, I was uncomfortable with everything. So it was really easy to find things. I was uncomfortable with. It's it's, it's like muscle memory. It's like working out. Yep. Exactly. I literally like lift. It ain't comfortable to lift. Exactly. Until you start building that muscle. Yep. So I started by like going to the cafeteria because I was like agoraphobic almost like, 
go to the cafeteria one day, you're going to be like horribly uncomfortable. Okay. Then go two days from now, next day, take the bus with just small, dumb shit. I'll pass it. That's good. Weed. Um, and, um, tobacco, Alice, sorry. Tennessee. That's, a, that's some CBD uh, that we grow right over on the moon. This nice is CBD. some shit we found in the backyard. Moon CBD. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I did that. And then I remember learning about these chemical imbalances. Well, about a month ago, I read this article that comes out from a publication that one of the labs teams I was part of when I was studying neuroscience always said was like the premier nature. And um, it says, new studies find that... Uh, Decreased dopamine levels are not actually what contributes to mm. depression. And I was like, yeah, given what just happened with all these fuck-ass vaccines, um, I think I can believe that. I can believe that they would have fabricated <coughs> a whole cloth, something that was believable enough, <coughs> but got people fucking hooked. Do you realize how many people get on antidepressants and never get off mm. them? They yeah. never get off them. Yeah. Well, I said all the time, you know... Um... You break your leg and you go to the doctor. He fixes it. You, you're pretty much done with it. Right. You go to a psychiatrist. Most everybody who goes to a psychiatrist, they never get to the point where they're like, you know what? You're done with the medications. You're done with everything. Don't need to see you no more. Well, how would they make money if they fixed right. you? You know what? I don't need your money anymore. Yeah. yeah. Psychiatrist, you mean you know drug what? dealer? I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to uh, lower my uh, patient list people. here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing so good at fixing people. I've got so many patients coming in. We can just move you on out. You're doing good. You're fine now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was uncomfortable. So to me, okay. So they talk like a lot about like this red pill shit and you know, was there a moment, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So growing up, I've always, I think I've always been like libertarian. Fuck it. Politics. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, but I was more, sympathetic to liberal stuff when i was younger big shock i know when you're young you're liberal when you're old you're bobby <laughs> but i i my friends were always the creatives because i'm a creative so the creatives tend to be more on the left okay well this is the people we get along with i would always get in arguments with them you know because i'm always i didn't know it at the time but i was coming from a libertarian perspective they're coming from a liberal perspective fine i have friends who are conservatives but during that time at my age that was the 2000, that was the 2000s, the Bush years. I didn't fucking like Bush. I still don't fucking like Bush. And I, I thought, you know, fuck conservatives at the time. Um, although I had friends who were conservatives because I've never thought, hey, you voted for this guy, therefore I can't like you. Fuck that. Do when you I, have a good reason? When I was coming up, nobody liked any politician in general. That's nice. I mean, as, as youth, you know, that's what always got me is I didn't understand, you know, high school kids and stuff talking about, you know, and that's why maybe I've just been in an anarch, a little anarchist, you know. Yeah. Since I've known what it meant. So can you, so, okay, so I should probably finish what I was talking about yeah, first because yeah, I was about yeah. to ask you about anarchy because I'm fucking fascinated. I oh yeah, me and him argue about this all yeah, the time. Okay, that's that's where like we agree about most shit, but that's where we, we gotta go, we yeah. gotta go there. Oh, oh yeah. By the way, Alice. But uh, yeah, finish what you're gonna say. Venice set this as the aisle now. Yes, yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crossing the aisle. Crossing the aisle. Yes, I am the Rubicon. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I want that shirt. I am the Rubicon. <laughs> <laughs> Cross me and you fucked up. Um, but well, yeah. Okay. So growing up, like it was, to me, it was always arguing with like religious conservatives where I was just like, 
So you're just a fucking zealot. Like, that's all you are. Now, it's arguing with woke leftists. You're just a fucking zealot. That's all you are. And the conservatives are the ones who are like, well, you know, we might not agree with you, but I will let you say what you fucking want to say. And it's like, this is blowing my mind because my favorite comedians, Carlin, Pryor, all those guys, are uh, definitely on the left. The left used to stick up for that. Now the right's doing it. This is weird. Like, I had, I met this guy in Los Angeles who is literally a conservative Jew. Great fucking dude. I love him. I won't name drop him because I'll probably get him in trouble just for mentioning it. But he is, like, definitely conservative. MAGA conservative. You know, Trump right. and all that. And that's fine. Um, and we bonded on a lot of stuff. But, you know, then it came to certain things. And he's like, well, drug use. And I was like, yeah, I'm pro, like, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not Same. pro, not to say that you should just go. You should be fucking allowed to. You should be allowed to. Exactly. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need big brother to fucking tell me what I can put in my body. Yeah. But they need to tax it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. like, Oh, well, but what do you mean? It's yeah. not legal. How could they tax it? Yeah. They're the ones fucking selling it. You do realize that. Nancy, yes. Nancy, they, they get it on I both can tell you now, Nancy Reagan and just say no, did not convince me to smoke, to not smoke crack. Dude, the name alone and crackheads. Pretty much did the job yeah. of convincing me to not smoke crack. Yeah, crackheads are not a good advertisement. Yeah, you ever crack. met crackheads? Yeah. Crack doesn't look fun. It doesn't, yeah. no, it does, it's just not appealing to me. No, exactly. Well, and uh, Dare, the program that I was in when I was a kid, Matt Groening did the uh, illustrations for the animation for it. So the acid one, I was just like, that looks amazing. That's fucking cool. And then the rest of it was yeah. Dare officers being like, I almost wonder if there was some troll, like some kid you know, 22-year-old who got hired as an intern at D.A.R.E. to write the script for this thing because they started to say, and some people hide their weed in their, you know, meat containers when they're driving across country. I'm like, that's brilliant. Why the fuck would Holy they... shit. Why would they tell you that? Yeah. Like, that's great advice, you know? And then they make Matt Groening, the Simpsons animator, do the fucking... That's it. awesome. I want to do drugs. It's like the best advertisement for doing drugs. And the drugs look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Like NWA said, we ain't, we don't just say no. We too busy saying yeah. <laughs> so about drinking straight out the eight bottle. Uh, Do I look like a motherfucking role model? That's great. So uh, there's a couple other things I want to I want to talk about. So let's get into anarchy. Sure. Um, I guess you, you can take point on that if you have questions. I okay. So here I I will say that uh so when I was younger I um. Well, I heard about anarchy colloquially, which is the wrong way to hear about anarchy, because most people think anarchy means chaos, which is the opposite of what it yeah. means. It just means self-governance. Um, Anti-archon. To, yeah, to oversimplify by a lot. Um, I don't know if you have sympathy towards like ANCAPs or anything like that. Um, I don't really understand that. But, yeah, that one's weird to me, too. Anarcho-capitalist? Like, you realize well, capitalism that? requires government. Right. Or, the or thing is, is, and I use uh, Rasta as a good example, because Rastas will call themselves Rasta, not Rastafarian or ism. Hmm. You know, and what I said, like capital. Capitalism, the ism is what makes capitalism bad. Hmm. Anytime you ism something, you, may, you know, it's basically saying that's the center of my life. I think I'm pretty sympathetic towards that. You know, yeah. so... Yeah, like, there's nothing I, wrong with money... But I always tell making people, money in the court your life is a problem. If you're going to call it anarchy or anarchism, I call it what I think about as pure anarchism. Hmm. Because, you know, and I've had people tell me, well, you're just an ANCAP, or you're just an echo an, you're just, a, you know, and I'm All like, right. there's really, when you put these little suffixes on it, it kind of takes away from what it is because 
the idea of an anti-archon thought is you can look at it the best way I've a, a real easy way to look at it is like veganism okay mm-hmm. or vegetarianism all right you're gonna trigger me well, <laughs> well think about no what I'm saying is just think about this and I've explained this to people when I go in and eat somewhere and I tell them oh I don't eat this I don't eat that or just and they're like are you vegan are you vegetarian are you pescatarian and I say no right. I don't take a label gotcha and say this is what I am this is what I'm gonna do I take my knowledge and apply it mm. so when you look at anarchism think about that with your governance it doesn't mean no leader if i decide you're the best to lead this whatever we're doing that's fine but i'm the one that decides that for me okay you know so when you look at independence so when you look at anarchism anarchism isn't a system it is not an actual lack thereof it is it is the lack of needing or somebody placing one in, in, in your way. Because systems are, you know, if we go all hunted, then we'd have a system, an actual system, but a system of governance kind of will naturally happen. Okay, so so the way so, I would, so the way I would push back on that would be to say that well capitalism is at least this is devil's advocate. Right. Capitalism is the system that arises that's closest to the system of nature out of the system of nature and then they would argue that a system has to necessarily arise well that's yeah so that's where i also disagree with them is you in a family structure if it's just you your wife and your child that is a government right you that's actually a communist system because you're providing family systems right socialist yeah yeah so the idea being so there's a default when you don't have a system and and that's what i say when when you're applying anarchism as an ideal, okay, it has to be applied to the government or a governance. Right. Uh, what I'm saying is being an anarchist to governance is I'm against someone telling me this is your fucking government. So, okay, so so is it a moral position then in that um, you're just like, I reject your authority to tell you, tell me anything like that? I, it. It, it, like you understand the practicality of if they get it has to do it has to do with it has to do with natural man human rights. That's what I'm getting at. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I don't get behind that whole thing because I know the way the uh, legalese is structured. You're you're fighting a lost cause to try to go to court and do for that sure. Shit. Well, that's what I'm like saying. Is, sovereign sovereign citizen. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. The idea, but it, but it's is, moral, not legal, right? It's a moral. Right. With me, it, it has to do with me as a living creature. That's. That's actually something you know, I have not considered and before. And then they talk about God-given right. Well, Am I an anarchist? Uh, well, that's <laughs> now, to really apply it, and if I really want to try to teach people a way of governance that they want to look into, it's called volunteerism. Okay. And well, we're in Tennessee. Does it have to do with this? <laughs> that was for Volunteerism is interesting. Um, it's where our anarchy becomes redeemable. Yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, and it's the greatest argument against people that are like so- socialists because basically a socialist is telling you, look, we should all be giving and to each other. And you're like, okay, I can agree with that. So if we can all agree with that, why do we need somebody telling us Fucking to do exactly. that? Exactly. So volunteerism yeah. means, okay, we all live in this little tribe. And we're all going to give to each other. We need, we need yeah. a fucking path built. So we're all going to get up one day and go build a fucking path. Do you think that... Okay, so here's the... My question would be, is that philosophy scalable? 
That's a good question. That's that's and because I don't, think, I don't think as a society we know. We it seems will. like dwellings hit a certain size when they became like cities and whatnot. Right. That like, no, sure I we all agree that. by the principle, but now people can slip through the cracks yeah. because you don't know everybody right. who lives no, in your this, community. This that's exactly right. I agree. And they can steal and murder and rape. Right. And when is, it's bigger than the people you know in and your this immediate is the idea of surroundings. Is when things are done small started small now and, and one of the things that we also don't realize is that we, we probably we understand this but alice might not pick up on this that <laughs> you know we were all taught that when the europeans came here it was savages and these little tribes and nomads running around and they didn't tell us about the mound city in Alabama. <laughs> and, and the great nations nations that were in america oh yeah, yeah. already and so they weren't living in ultimate peace here. No, not you at know, all. Not, not at all. Slavery, yeah. fucking war and pillaging is insane. But yeah, see, you're Iroquois. Your your ancestors are Iroquois. No, no, Choctaw. Choctaw. Yeah. So yeah. So your ancestors killed my Cherokee ancestors. Well, I'm, I'm fucking straight colonist blood, well, y'all. Yeah, y'all yeah, fucking you, you savages, both of us. dude. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, Spanish, my Spanish ancestors came over and killed some of my Choctaw ancestors, I'm sure. You're not and, telling and me that the rule system. in human existence is violence, blood, <laughs> and, like, misery, are no, you? No, no, no. What I am saying is, because I'm saying now, that, now the argument is, when people say violence has never done anything, that's bullshit. That that's total bullshit. bullshit. That absolutely shaped this this world. Yep. But well, you could say this country or this world. Yeah. It is the perspective. Violence in nature, when a big cat runs down an elk, that's violent as anything. Mm -hmm. But we don't step in the way of that because that is the way of nature. Yeah. <laughs> no, we so film it. From a, our look how problem, beautiful. Look how majestic. <laughs> is when we decide to separate ourselves so much from nature. Yeah. That we decide, okay, we've got different rules than nature around us. Well, well, exactly, yeah. And these rules benefit us and not nature. Absolutely. And it should be the other way around. And that's what I think a lot of more tribal, not just the natives here, but more tribal people that didn't get obsessed with all of the money, greed, and these types of things. I think currency, um, some could even argue there's some eco-anarchist and uh, or what are they, uh, at, uh, anarcho prims or primitive anarchy, they call them, that they're like, why don't you go live in a tree? You know, and the idea is that they, uh, agriculture, <laughs> yeah. agriculture was the first downfall because instead of just gathering and hunting, yeah, we started consolidating stuff and shaping the land for our need. And, but my argument against that is there's creatures in nature that that do agriculture. Well, absolutely. Well, and also, like, all you really have to do to argue against, like, pure naturalists is just, like, oh, I guess they're calling you the pure naturalist. So, never mind. Right. But um, have you ever looked into philosophy of science kind of problems at all? Um, one being, in specific, because it's a broad topic, but uh, one being whether or not we as human beings are making progress. Right. Uh, which so if we're making progress, that would imply there's a beginning and a potential end, or at least some vague thing light right. at the end Plateau. of the tunnel. Yeah, um, or are we just kind of like tumbling through? Right. You know, I, I I tend to like progress is relative to the beholder, right? I mean, are human beings making progress? I mean, overall, by the by any available metric, yeah, sure we are. Progress towards what? Uh, 
in George Carlin's words, plastic. Maybe the only pr- reason we were put here was to create plastic, and now the world's killing us up. It needed plastic. Yeah, I mean, that, that like, <laughs> yeah. reminds me of the whole idea of progress. Um, that reminds me of probably my favorite Omarosa song, um, To What End. Oh, nice. And he says, progress is not progress. It's everlasting destruction. Technology is backwards. Yeah. Um, born of machine. Worship machine. Slave to machine. Become machine. Hmm. We're definitely becoming machines. I mean, there's no, you know, no right. doubt about that. So, yeah, I mean, it's... That is, you know, that's always been one of those duality of man things. It's like, you know, we talk about Prometheus bringing the fire. Yeah, sure. And that's what I think separates <laughs> us, and that's our misuse of fire. How would you know I was going to go into Well, that? that's, the, that's the Promethean, I think, Promethean I, myth. Is, is... I really think the idea is of what, where we screwed up is when we gain this knowledge that the other creatures didn't have, and yeah. then we looked at each other and said... And when we started harboring knowledge away from each other, that's when the trouble really began. Now we're in, we've been in the, we came out of the industrial revolution mm-hmm. in the nineties, mm-hmm. but we started what was the information revolution. And people didn't weren't even told of this. Right. And it failed because they monetized information to the point of it being worthless. Oh, dude, I remember the internet in the early days. It was... Fucking Wild West. It was and, badass. And now, dude. and now they're trying to saturated. And now they're trying to go back to like mostly porn. Well, still mostly porn. It, no, like no, we like way to... worse than that. Just yeah. like snuff films oh, and yeah. just Crazy. any article you want to read but from see, any we're, fucked up. What we're trying to get history, back yeah. to now is not we, but what they're trying. They are trying to get us back to now is quelling that. Yeah, because it's you know it's out of control. Information is out of control. Well, but you can't. Put it's a price on it. It's be, that's that's exactly so. Humans tried to harness it. That's the Promethean myth, right? Is well, once he's of, introduced to fire, he right. tries to control it, and he can't because it's something bigger than him. Right. When mm-hmm. we can control it, we've learned to use it. But the fact is, is instead, it'll burn you alive. Though. We are exactly. We are, we are trying to claim it as ours, away from each other. Yeah. All the knowledge that we have, you know, you got to go pay for a college. That's why the whole idea of Paying for college, absolutely, somebody should pay for something in a free market society where it's provided. But you get into all these ideas of why am I working to pay for stuff that I didn't decide I wanted to pay for? You know, you get all these weird things. So, yeah. If Are you a taxationist theft guy? Fuck yeah, yeah brother. Absolutely. <laughs> the idea being is that, yeah, if schools weren't government run we wouldn't have to worry about the government controlling the knowledge right and then if i'd be fine with abolishing uh, if information was free and wide open which most of it really is it's because of the internet yeah well the internet libraries i mean there's very few infrastructure things that i really support libraries are one thing i've always supported because it doesn't take a government to do that also think about the people who are attracted to it can take anybody. Anybody the, can start. The people it. who are attracted to working at libraries are typically, well, very studious people. Um, and they are so committed to, like, the preservation of things that existed that librarians are often the ones, as far as my understanding goes, who will argue against when parents are just like, we got to get rid of uh, Catcher in the Rye or something like that. Right. It's like, no. They're like, fuck you. No, we're not. And, and yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. 
And I mean, that's the thing is, you know, think about the, the story of the Library of Alexandria being burned out. Right. Why in the fuck would that be burned out? Mm. Other than, you know, think about Emperor Chen, you know, who combined China. It makes complete China, sense China. if you're he a Chinese burned, monarch. He completely destroyed any <laughs> history yeah. for the most part before him. That's why nobody knows what was going on in China before Chin, because he made sure to oh, say, that, I am China. It's that saying, knowledge is power, mm-hmm. and uh, if the people have knowledge, then they have power. That's pr- that's exactly why you see and, yeah, corporate interests trying to control yeah. the flow of information on the internet yeah. right now, because if people, people know, because, because you could go... Even false information is information. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's it's something. Somebody put it out there. I mean, it, it, so, God, I don't want to say January 6th. Something else that's less controversial. Fuck it, January 6th. If you could go to January 6th with your cell phone, film exactly what was happening. There you go. It's on my Facebook. If you ever want to reference what actually happened, you have to find this person who has, the you know, not the full picture, but a part of the picture that is not filtered through MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, Breitbart, Daily Wire, any of them. Any of them. It's just raw video footage. Yeah. That's all it is, untampered with. So the for there was like a four or five year period where the internet and social media allowed people to like, some of the biggest people that we know now who are replacing legacy media are people who came up in that period, right around Occupy Wall Street to a little bit after. And they were re- getting really, really powerful, you know? So then... Big, huge corporate interests, bureaucracies, international interests, decided to start putting money into suppressing the free flow of information and trying to control the information to spin the narrative. And this all ties into exactly where you started with this podcast. They have a vested interest in controlling the behavior of people because they can, if they just need to keep them alive enough for long enough that they can spend their fucking money and work. Yes. For tax bill. Yes. Um, And, uh, Man, I don't understand why more people, I do understand actually, maybe that's the shitty part. I do understand, I do think I understand why more people are not willing to just say this kind of shit because you, once you accept that this is true, you realize you're fucking alone in this world. You're alone. And therefore the ultimate responsibility is yours. And that burden is too much for most people to bear because our society does not prop people up who actually accept responsibility. It villainizes them. Yep. There's a... It's scary. Fucking life's hard. Buy a helmet. If you yeah. don't, bunch you of pussies. The yeah. They don't like that. Exactly. They don't like to be. And that's why I'm sympathetic to anarchism. But I will say, before we segue hard away from anarchism, because I know you want to go somewhere else, the one, the one thing, you know, Michael Malice. I believe so. He's an interesting commentator. Um, I'm he was on with the names these days. I mean, it's all good. He was on with somebody. Uh, I don't remember whose podcast he was on. I don't remember if it was him having someone else on. Somebody basically questioned him and said, "Still working, Alice? We love you. <laughs> Thanks for being here." <laughs> so there's your uh, there's your bumper, by the way, Alice. Yeah. We love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> We got to get this man a sticker before we before he leaves. I got one. We, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I still yeah, have it. it. Yep. Cheers. I just put it on one of my guitar yeah. cases. Um, awesome. Yep. Um, I endorse. Rhetoric. Fuck Bravo. yeah. Um, so. Cheers. Oh yeah. Cheers. Um, so uh, 
the okay so michael malice was basically saying um somebody asked him like well if you got rid of police then what and he's like well people would police themselves and yeah. okay fine what would you call that group of police who police themselves <laughs> <laughs> police <laughs> you know that's kind of where i did it. it's just like right. i so yeah. the, so the one thing the that you cop is a, a acronym for citizen on patrol yeah exactly no shit yeah no um, fucking shit. Yeah. Police is just a dream. Mean, yeah, I mean, municipalities are different. I mean, you go to different places, you have some have magistrates, you know. I mean, look at look at uh, Louisiana. They have parishes, not counties. Wow. Right. You know, things are things are things are funny when it gets into legal stuff. But but here's what I'm saying is like I guess where I differ like so what you, I will say, I will cap off. Not and cap off, just regular cap. <laughs> just off. regular cap. Uh, <laughs> not, not no cap. Uh, not to and cap yeah, off. Yeah. Uh, I'll say you made me look at it in a way that was unique. I have not thought about that before, which is to think of it from a moral perspective as just like a position in relation to body politic or society or whatever. That's really interesting. The where I probably differentiate is. Um, where it comes to like, okay, it, it seems to me, and maybe I'm being cynical, but that a government or body of legislation is a necessary outcome of living in a society past a certain size. I think you could yeah. probably have an anarchist society that was like 150 people or less. But once you get past that, people start well, to forget people. I, I would completely agree with you, except right. the caveat that it's, uh, I would put it, more specifically that it's like um, you always have a system of governance and it grows with scale. Well, but, but it, maybe the question is like, when do you have to formalize the system? Of oh, because if you're, yeah, because if you're in a body politic, that's small enough, you know, there's a limit in um, anthropology and I cannot remember the name of the limit. It's 150 people though. We're the... autonomous collective <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for people who, for how many people you can remember. On, on like an active, you can remember their name. You can remember the, like oh, yeah, what they right. do. Yeah. You can like be friends. You know, there's a is that there's a dude that talks about you should have 15 people in your inner circle, and then from there, there's a certain another amount to this circle, and then a so that's that's amount. based on this number. Okay, and this number is a, one that Alice, you can find it. Um, this number is based on um, who am I talking to when I'm talking to Alice? Am I talking to the the boy? Uh, you, you see, I hope. There, Alice is just sitting over there, staring at us like a lunatic. Oh, okay. What's happened? She just she, walked in. She always tumbles down. It's this weird one, little girl not, that's just been staring at us quietly this whole down. time. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, okay, yeah. we're we're. Uh, she's kind of weird. I guess she's she's got thousands and thousands of faces. I was trying to thousands think of a better quote that we're mad. <laughs> we're all mad here, but I can't. Yeah. Um, well, we are. We, well, I certainly am. Yeah. Are you guys even here, man? Solipsism. Solipsism. Yeah. Um, well, what a boring philosophy. So boring, dude. It's like, just whenever people bring it up, I'm just like, fuck off. You have not read enough philosophy yeah, to know yeah. that that's bullshit. Like, although it is interesting to talk about um, sometimes. It's but, like, oh, but it's irrefutable. You can't prove it wrong. You get yeah. the fuck out of here, nerd. Yeah, well, you can't prove it. You can't prove anything yeah. because your whole philosophy is basically just nihilism. That's oh, like, God. I was about to say, how about yeah. the nihilism? What, what were you calling that? The, uh, Which one? Sol sol solipsism. 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 That's the belief Sol that you're the only person that actually. Sol Everything is a projection of your imagination. Solipsism. A, sol a solipsist, a nihilist solipsist. That's just someone who. 
I mean, they would just not think themselves I was out of it. They might actually, they might prove them, yeah. prove Descartes right, because yeah. they might not think and not believe it so much that they just cease to exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He reached this other point one day on the couch, and he just wasn't there. Anymore. Yeah, it's just like the anti-Descartes. That's, yeah. that's what the monks are trying to do in meditation: is get to a point of I don't think. It's therefore. not spontaneous combustion. It's like the reverse of that. Just, you know, it's not spontaneous, and it's not combustion. It's like this imbustion that they just disappear. Non-spontaneous implosion. Yeah, it's Jesus Christ! Just yeah, whatever. Um, I can't remember what I was trying to wrap up. But whatever. <laughs> Bring me to your next one. Uh, well, so, go ahead, Neve. It's um, getting on into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. Wait, oh, I'm so, fine whenever. Yeah, you guys just tell me. So, uh, I want to preface this. something to ask everyone. Uh, something I think about a lot. Um, I want to preface it by saying that no one knows the answer. Uh, but what do you, do you have any ideas about what happens after we die? Uh, no, um, uh, here's, here's what I know. Oh, is that, I know nothing. <laughs> um, no, I think that there is a realm that exists that does not necessarily. So I do believe in God. I am not religious. So obviously my definition of God is going to be a little different. Spiritual. Than yeah, sure. Um, and I don't know why that sure came across as kind of yeah, me, yeah. but it was well, yeah, spiritual. Yeah. Kind Fucking of sounds hokey. sure, it yeah. sounds hokey like crystals and yeah, yeah. And I'm very I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm vehemently against. Uh... Well, fuck labels, fuck political and religious labels. Well, no, I, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't mind this one. I do believe in God. You know, I was an atheist for a long ass time. I am not religious though, so it wasn't like when I thought, aha, there's a God. Like it's obviously, I'm a pretty logical guy. I didn't. It wasn't really a spiritual thing for me. It was more just like, I can't argue my way out of this one. Hmm. <laughs> the only sure. person to ever start believing in God because of an argument. Um, <laughs> um, but no, no, no. Um, it's, to me, God is just, you know, but yeah, we don't have to go through the definition. Uh, after you die. So I at least think that the human experience is something that is worth preserving because whether or not um, it last forever we should take this thing we're we're part of a continuum that is way beyond us part of the reason i say i I believe in god is because i believe that there are things that i would die for okay that's god yeah that's all that is to me there's it's it's not i don't even know if it's an organizational prince organizational principle maybe it is I don't know it's if it's very, consciousness. Um, you know Jordan Peterson? Yes. That reminds me, it's very Peterson. He's, he's actually yeah. kind of the guy who got me back mm-hmm. into believing in God. I did when I was younger, then I was an atheist for like 10 years. Oh, he's yeah, he's giving me a lot of insight on the scripture too. He's you know, he's just saying like the most basic shit ever, but he's saying it in a unique way. So Some so, of the most profound truths are simple ones. Yes, absolutely. So to me, I just thought, okay, well, there's things that I uh, would die for. Mm-hmm. I would die for my fiance. Um, I would die for certain truths that I believe in. For instance, if you brought a gun to my head, like you have to make a pragmatic decision, but if, if war broke out and it was the fascists who are trying to take over this country who might, might already have versus the rest of us, you know, because I don't, I'm not afraid of a civil war. I'm afraid of elites versus the people. That's the thing. Um, the government versus its people. That's the only actual civil war is not place. the fucking battle. You know, I mean, it, it, that might actually break out first because they're doing a pretty good job. Got a lot of brainwashed idiots. But so anyway, there's things I would die for. Okay, so what happens after you die? Hopefully, you carry on positively in the memory of the people who you knew and affected. Mm. 
That's to me what happens after you die. I don't know if your spirit goes up into the great sky. I'm sitting with two Native Americans, so I don't know what you guys. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, there's a, a piece of me that's native. Oh, I know, I know. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm really right. making a point. I'm only slightly yeah. more uh, Native American than Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> what about Elizabeth Warren? Liz, that's why yeah. I'm Elizabeth Warren. They're, they're all the same to me. Mm. Yeah. And I don't blame you. They're all fucking amorphous blob who deserves to get, yeah. uh, you know, something. Uh, something happened to him. Uh, in a non-violent way. Um, yeah. And, uh, they, uh, okay, so, so, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, you can't No one knows. But. Yeah. Some people pretend they know and fuck those people. I think that we are part of a thing that is much greater than us, and so I think that it is worth living the best possible life you can with the most, uh, information available, um, because, what you do in this life will affect you afterwards in the sense that, I mean, it shit, if you're narcissistic enough to care about your legacy, like you don't want to die and be like, everybody's like, yeah, I mean, he was all right at art, but he was literally Hitler. I mean, he did kill six million. Yeah. <laughs> That's you're literally known as the worst person. And I don't even care that much, but like, you know, about legacy. what people think, but I care yeah. about the way that I affect whatever we're a part of. So I think that you should just make the best contri contributions possible. And it's not for the afterlife that you should do it. It's for the now that you should so do it. So in, in, um, for me to kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but for me to kind of like sum up what you're saying, um, you don't have any speculation on what we can't observe, but based on what you can observe, you still want to be the best person you can because it does matter post-life. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think, well, it matters this life. Um, or it matters to the people that are going to be around when you're gone. Yeah, That's well, I mean. yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe I didn't Your legacy. Do... Yes. Mm -hmm. You should care about it. Yeah. Well, if you had That's people, logical. if you had people that you cared about in life, for instance, I care about you guys. I don't know you guys super well, but I care about you guys. Now, whatever that other guy was talking about, you have 15 people in your life. Those right. 15 people for me, right. I hope to be able to leave them. Man, shit, if I could leave them with some money, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. If I could leave them with some, like, fond memories that would be good right. how about some thoughts that change their minds yeah that would be really change good. the way they i live give a lives, fuck so, yeah. but you should care about that in real time you shouldn't be looking to the afterlife this is where i think christianity right. fucks it up right it's each one to each one exactly yeah and yeah, right now worry about your legacy not just after you're dead remember that, amen alice. <laughs> amen always remember that alice it's about the now so we will cut this part out if you're not comfortable talking about this but have you ever done dmt oh yeah okay um, I told you there wasn't anything I was uncomfortable okay, talking about. Cool. <laughs> um, so the reason I... I uh, Except for that weird sucking dick for meth phase. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we cut that <laughs> part out. You didn't hear that, Alice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so... I'm good whenever. The reason I brought up the... Um, the... Um, the afterlife thing and also about universal truths... Um, is I was shown in a DMT trip once, which this is a drug trip, so take that how you will. I don't hold that as some. Alice is very familiar with the story. Yeah, so I'm, I'll make it quick. I was gonna so, say you could rapid fire your last questions on me if we got a rap. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So the um, I, I don't take this absolutely as a fact, but I was shown in a DMT trip that in the beginning consciousness arose out of nothing. And um, it looked around and it said, I am profoundly alone. I had that 
experience once on acid <laughs> um, where I just kind of, I, it was, it was before I started believing God, weirdly enough. And I don't believe in a personal God I can talk to, but there is some kind of connection to the great other blah, 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 blah. Um, I did definitely have the thought once um, that I am profoundly alone. However, I think it's more your inner disposition informing uh, your position in the world. And I think that's indicative of the fact that you should probably fill a couple of gaps in your consciousness and emotional well-being. That's, that's kind of what I think that psychedelics are good for. They can tell you, you know, if you're hearing that when you do psychedelics, it means you have a void in yourself that you have to fill. To me, I mean, psychedelics is a very broad category. DMT so specifically, we're talking about DMT. I've it's... interacted with the machine elves and the, and the aliens and all of that. I don't know what they are, but I think it's probably your consciousness consciousness trying to show you a mirror. And I mean, that's not to say that they couldn't be external, but to me, I think that you're looking at a projection of whatever it is that's going on within you. Because unfortunately, I studied neuroscience, so I have. I know that Unfortunately. the way, well, because in this sense, it limits me. Science does destroy a lot of the fantasy. So it, it I does. actually, neither like of those physics, ans- physics kept me up nights and to me, man, threw a lot of fantasy. Physics fucked me up. The entire, <laughs> well, I, well, let me finish the, the anecdote first of all. So the, um, I, what, I, what I believe happened is that the reason life exists is because the, the consciousness that exists wanted to go down and pretend that it wasn't alone. So I think you and I are literally the same person. The, I mean, I'm not... And I'm a determinist. I think what makes you and I different is our biology and also our experience. I am definitely not antithetical to that perspective. I, I don't... Not antithetical. That's not the proper way to use that. I am not um, opposed to thinking that we're all part of the same thing. I think more likely than not, we're all part of some kind of consciousness. There's a Bill Hicks bit that's great about that. It's called it's Just Hicks. a Ride. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I tend to emotionally resonate with that on a intellectual level. I don't know how to make it make sense to me. That doesn't mean it's not true. And on an intellectual level, I also don't know how to totally deny it. So yeah, it's I hate one to of say I'm agnostic on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, me too. Even though I've shown that in a drug trip, it was just a drug trip. So, um, but um you know, the reason I brought it up is that would be an example of one plus one equal one instead of two. Because <laughs> um, we're all the same thing. Well, that, no, I mean, still. If... Oh, oh, oh I, yeah, yeah, because you saw the concept of two. So it's like the fact that there we're sitting here is implies multiple instead of singular. Yeah, I mean, well, if it, even if we're all part of the same thing, you're talking about categories. So you could add two... <clears throat> How would you think about it? You could add two. Um, well, you could two add gods. you could add two bottles of beer together, sit them oh. next to each other, then you have two bottles of beer, right? I see. You could melt them down, reform them into a bigger bottle of beer. You have one bottle of beer. It's the problem of identity, really. Sure. Um, which is uh, the easiest to ship, or whoever you take a plank from one ship and exchange it with another one. At what point does it become not the same ship? Yeah. Um, I think it was the easiest. That's a um, that's considered a paradox, I believe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, well, that's the so the problem of induction is something that you should look into if you were that um, I guess fascinated by what mm. I was saying about epistemology and one plus one equals two. Mm. Problem of induction is one of the hardest problems to solve. Um, anything epistemology. George Barclay has a really good 
uh, argument for why God must exist that I refuted in college and I still agree with, despite believing God, I think his argument's bad. Um, God exists because how could, if a tree falls in a forest and nothing's there, a tree couldn't have fallen unless God was there to see it. Like, and like nothing happens without Whoa, God damn, kindergartners, kindergartners have made better arguments. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, one last question. Do you have any uh, ghost stories or anything that... Ghost story isn't adequate to what I'm trying to ask you. Um, have, are there any experiences with your life under hallucinogens or otherwise where something has happened that you can't rectify with logic? Uh, an out-of-body experience would be the best one. I mean, there's no way to refute that... Uh... I don't, I don't even think I should say the drugs. <laughs> it, was, it was nuts and it's, you know, it's all out there. But um, I took them and I was, I mean, I understand that I could not possibly have been doing this, but I definitely thought and felt and am still in my body certain that I was about six feet above my head looking directly down on the fucking situation Detail the detail as it was, and I thought about it later. I was like, yeah, that book was on that table there. That fucking remote was right there. This music was playing. I had that weird bald spot right there on the top of my head. Like, and I saw myself hunching my shoulders and being uncomfortable because I'm so fucked up that I'm having an out-of-body experience right now. Probably putting my arm on my friend going, dear God, man, do we have any fucking Benzedrine? Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah palpitating you know sweating up a storm uh that is i mean not exactly addressing what you're trying to get at i think that's a good one um but that i mean for as weird as that is and for as non-spiritual as that is that is an experience that i cannot explain because yeah. still when i think back to it i'm like detail for detail i saw myself from above me yeah. What exactly does that say about what's out there? I don't know. I'll say I'm very curious and I'm open-minded, um, despite seeming like I'm closed-minded about a lot of things. Yeah, I thought. I mean, you have your own opinions about things, but that's because you've thought about it. Well, you've and I'm willing about to develop a lot. them. I just need yeah. to hear better arguments than the one I have. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I hear you, man. Well, Ben, thank you so much for being here, man. Dude, thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah. Thank you both. Yeah. Go check out The Absurd. Go check out Bentney Records and all of Ben's projects. Um, and I would love to continue this conversation have you on again sometime. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm going to wander back into this house. We just scratched the surface already. Yeah. So. Probably yeah. drunkenly one night. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, In advance, yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. All right, um, Alice. What Alice, if I do? Don't be surprised. We'll see you next week. Uh, link's in the description below. Check out Ben. Bye. Woo!